Welcome to the ninth in this series of podcasts dedicated to the history of medicine. I'm Dylan Winter, and in previous editions we've examined the significance of vaccinations, midwifery, eugenics and obesity. This time we've strayed from Oxford, two hours down the A34, and I'm now in the historic naval dockyard in Portsmouth to take a look at a unique archive of artefacts. On your left, as you come through the stout gates at the dockyards, is the beautifully preserved naval vessel HMS Warrior, built in 1860. But I'm going back a few more centuries even than that. The clue to the time is the full-size statue of Henry VIII, which is right beside me. With the help of historians and artefacts from the Mary Rose, I'll be taking a snapshot of military medical practice as it existed at the time of the Tudors. I'm Rear Admiral John Nippier, uh, Chief Executive at the Mary Rose Trust. And we're in the museum here, with tourists in the background. In, indeed, so lots of noise here, but lots of excitement in the museum, which is still open. And here we have, I'm standing in front of a, a contemporary print of the, t- the battle in which she sank. She served for 35 years fighting the French, and in the final war against the French in 1545, she sank in action against a fleet much larger than the Spanish Armada. So that ship lay on the seabed and was quickly covered with mud. The port side, the left-hand side, all rotted away, but the starboard side, the right-hand side, was kept and all the contents. So when she came up in 1982, inside it were 19,000 artefacts, which had been looked after by Andy Elkerton. Andy, you are... Uh, collections manager. And of those 19,000 artefacts that you have, how many of those are relevant to the state of medicine at the time? So you're talking just under a hundred objects. Fantastic. Astonishing, isn't it? It's unbelievable, really. But it just sums up the entire Mary Rose collection. The objects we have, they're unique as individual objects, but equally they're unique as grouped objects. Who's there? You must have a sickness to dare to enter the cabin of the barber surgeon. I hear no screams of pain, and even in this dingy light, I can see you have no major wound that I may treat. We've come to a, a, a what looks like. Uh, let's go. Can we go in? Yeah, sure. Yes, okay. Um, this is um, uh, a small. Well, it's it's about the size of a garden shed here. Yes, and a small garden shed too. This was like the medical sick man's bay. surgery. This, this is this is the sick bay. And, and yep. there's a this would be hard up against the side yeah. of the there, ship. There's there's the ship side. And, and there. there would be a port here. Which no, is not, no, not at no, all. No port. He had gun ports on on the other side, so he'd have a great big cannon that side so in action you know it would all be happening around him but I mean look at the light virtually no lights just imagine these cramped situation where people would come and say hey doc I'm ill these are the handles of the, the barber surgeon's iron tools, such as the saws and drills and so on. And the mallet. And the mallet is there for you. This is used for amputating fingers and toes. Literally, that you would have a chisel. You, know, you put the chisel on, whap. Can you imagine on a ship, that would be a fairly common injury. I mean, yeah. I have a, a fingernail that I got torn off in my yeah. own sailing. Yeah. And so where there are blocks and ropes moving, then, there'd then be a lot get, of You're going to catch your fingers in there, you're going to mangle things up. And you they got, couldn't save it. Uh, if you can't save it, I'm afraid it's got to come off. And, and here we have probably one of the... For any man, one of the most unpleasant objects. Uh, the urethral syringe. It's funny how people spot the urethral syringe. The urethral syringe was used for... The treatment of venereal disease, syphilis, French pops. And that fairly large end would go... Um, Literally. Would it? And yes. what would be squeezed in there? Um, Mer- mercury. Mercury. Yeah. Wow. They did warm the mercury to make it more comfortable, apparently. Goodness for that. Yes, what <laughs> to another case here. Well, they look like curry combs to me for a horse. Uh, 
<laughs> no, what do you, if you look at them, you see they're similar to a knit comb you'd find today somewhere like boots. Literally fine teeth on one side and coarse teeth on the other side. The coarser teeth for combing your hair, styling yourself for a night ashore. The fine teeth for dragging the wildlife out. And would, would lots of trying. sailors have had these themselves? Uh, these yes, they would. These, these, are very, these are personal. We've got in over 70 combs. Wow. And Big thing then. Uh, yeah. So yeah. when your son went to sea, one of the things you would, would get be, to put in his medic in his box yeah. would be a knit comb. Would be a knit comb. Wow. I mean, that said, we've actually got the knits themselves. You know, when we say we've got a collection that covers everything, we've we have the Tudor knit. Um, presumably pretty much the same as the knit. Pretty the, much the any, same. Actually, yes, they do, it does. You put it under a microscope and it looks just exactly. like today's knit. And the mud has preserved the knit. The, the mud has preserved the knit. And in some of the combs, you can actually see the knit still in position. There is this thing of hygiene. They weren't on hygiene. You'd see there the chap's got his own manicure set. They, they didn't really understand disease. They really, didn't understand did disease. It's interesting. If you look there, there's a pomander for the smell. You know, they thought you could actually catch disease from smells. I assume most of the surgeon's work would have been tied up with kind of diseases as opposed to injuries? You're talking mostly injuries at Are this you? point in time, yeah. But, but, but battle but injuries or because of the kind of dangerous Because nature? it's the nature of sailing at the time, that it's a rough and ready environment. When it comes to fighting, it's going to get even rougher still. The Tudors had a thing called a canister shot, which is basically, if you imagine a wooden slatted canister filled with fragments of flint, and literally you fire that at the opposing ship. I mean, basically, it's a shrapnel bomb. So you'd end up with men pierced, and of course there's nothing, you, you know, there are no x-rays in those days, so if something's in there, they can either dig around to find it, otherwise it stays in there. And, and as I understand it, you know, the articles of clothing with these injuries would, would bring lots of infection into the body. Uh, you've got a, you, infection in there. They tended to think that weapons were poisoned. Gunshot would, would be blackened, obviously, from the gunpowder around it, but they assumed that was some form of poison. But what, in fact, you have got is, if you get shot with something, you have to force textile in there or something else in there. That they, can't, they can't extract. They don't even know it's there. So basically, and they can't sterilise. They can't sterilise, and it's... Did what, they have any sterilants? They would actually burn. I mean, if you talk, you would heat... and Cauterise the flesh. Tell me, would there have been kind of two standards of medicine? I mean, would the surgeon have used more expensive medicines on the officers than the uh, men? No, 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 no. You get the same treatment from the surgeon, irrespective of whether you're a married. This is what he's there for. The officer needs to be in charge, but you need the men to crew the ship. So you're getting the same standard. If you go ashore, of course, you've got to pay for it yourself. You probably end up seeing somebody like the wise woman, as opposed to being able to afford to go and see a surgeon. It is probably the finest source of medical history that exists. And the Wellcome Trust in supporting this sort of thing is actually realising that the time capsule that is the Mary Rose is an opener to life 500 years ago that we are just starting to explore, which is why it's so vital to save it and look after it. <laughs>